And now for another installment of Stream Theater. Well, hello. Do come in. Do come in. Would you like some tea? We have Earl and Lady Grey. You may choose your preference. We also have some cucumber sandwiches for you. If you'd like something on the sweet side, we have some scones and clotted cream. Or if you are hoping for something a little more robust, we have some sticky toffee pudding, some spotted dick, if that is your proclivity. We also have some beef wellington. And let me just say, our mash is always... Always banging. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> little bangers and mash joke. I do apologize. Well, with a spread like this and all of this ridiculous British opulence, I, I do believe it's stream theory. Mm, Quite right. Yes. Stream theory. Yes, oh, yes, 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 yes. So yes, yes. why don't we introduce ourselves and begin the process? Indubitably. Good afternoon. My name is... Ian Gabriel Gonzalez Muntina. And I'm Ben. That's right, I'm Ben. <laughs> Who let the common folk in here? All right. Oh, God. <laughs> Jeeves, get them away. Uh, and I'm Matt. <laughs> and we are Too Many Flicks. Too Many Flicks. Uh, let's see here. Ian, uh, do you want to run us off on how we do this? This is a uh, we're, we're this is a special episode, dear listener. We are yep. trying a new setup for stream theory. That's right. Old format is gone. New format in. All right. It's the good, the bad, and the ugly, or the remake. Fuck. Damn it! I already fucked it up. <laughs> it's the good, and the bad, and the remake. And what that means for you, dear listener, is that we are going to take some sort of streaming property, be it movie or series, and we distill it through these three filters we got here now we're gonna crowdsource and talk about what we like about a streaming project and then we scooch on over and talk about what a streaming project could do better when we get to the bad and then finally when hollywood inevitably recycles whatever story we've just covered in five to ten years we got to get down in that dirty little sandbox and we got to all come together to make a better remake. Once we've done this, what do we do? Well, you fucking, you grade it. You fucking, you got to scale and you say if you like it or not. Now, how do you do that? We, we got five tiers. That's how we do it. At the top of the tier, the tip of the pyramid, the cream of the crop, the, uh, Creme de la creme. We're taking a look at a must watch. That's the fucking five star. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then just below that, you got a four star. It's on the list. What's that mean? It means, you know, it's not quite as socially important as a must watch maybe, uh, but it still has a lot of artistic value. Uh, maybe it's just got a few little tweaks tweaks that need to be made for it to be a must watch but it's on the list it's something in your queue you know now we come to the middling tier what is that you might ask what it's something for the background that's right it's inoffensive it's like something you can do dishes to you can you, you can it, put it on so your pet doesn't think that it's alone half the day if you got to go to work it's something for the background and then naturally you got to come to the lower side of the grading scale now none of us like to go here but if some sort of streaming property that we've covered is just too flawed you can't even put it on in the background yet you don't feel comfortable watching it uh, it's uh, there there are a whole host of reasons why any sort of streaming project might wind up being an i would rather which means that we your hosts have to state what we would rather do than watch said streaming property again and finally at the bottom of the barrel the base of the pyramid the 
grimy, sludgy dirt that trots beneath the autumn leaves after a late rain. You have the kissing booth. Mm. And uh, that's uh, that's because we used to have uh, Artemis Fowl be at the bottom of our, our ranking system because we had watched Artemis Fowl and uh, it seemed cute and funny. But then uh, you watch Kissing Booth and <laughs> what does it all matter? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, the world doesn't mean anything. <laughs> and so now that we've got all of our patented too many flicks distillation process laid out for you, wait, what are we going to be applying this process to this week, my friends? This week, we are looking at the movie Enola Holmes. Uh, this dropped on Netflix a little while ago. It is a Netflix original film. It is starring Millie Bobby Brown, Henry Cavill, Sam Claflin, Helena Bonham Carter, and Lewis Partridge. It's directed by Harry Bradbeer, and it was written by Jack Thorne, based on the novel series by Nancy Springer. And the cinematographer is Giles Nutgens. Mm. The premise, when Enola Holmes... Sherlock's teen sister, discovers her mother missing. She sets off to find her, becoming a super sleuth in her own right as she outwits her famous brother and unravels a dangerous conspiracy around a mysterious young lord. All right, so let's get into the good. Who would like to go first? Shit, I guess I'll go first. Yeah, yeah. do it to it. Um... I really love the the music. The soundtrack's really good. Um, I was bopping along, man. Mm. That thing's that thing's solid. Um, I l- also love just so. To me, and this we get into the bad, but we'll talk about that later. To me, the movie has some really solid moments. Um, And it didn't really have those solid moments until like maybe midway through. Specifically, the scene that I, it really started to take a turn for the better. um, Not saying that the movie prior to that was bad. It was pretty good. um, Was that moment where um, Edith, who's played by Susan Wacoma, and Henry Cavill, who obviously is Sherlock, had this moment where she kind of reads Sherlock and's like, man, you don't even know what's going on. Like, you are so up your own ass. Like, Mm. people out here are disenfranchised, and we actually care about, you know, this proposed reform bill that's going to be passed or or not. And you you guys figure that out. It's not a spoiler. It's not too big of a spoiler. But just that conversation about, like, you're going to be okay. You're not political, you know, because of your privilege. Yeah, you can afford to not be political. Yeah, yeah. We have things to actually fight for than just playing these detective games. And it was such a good moment because one, it wasn't like over, they didn't hit you over the head with it. Um, And it is not lost that she is a black woman as well in that time, Um, which is something I thought they could have leaned into just a little bit more. But it's still, that was a very beautiful moment. And there are moments littered throughout this entire piece that are really strong. And uh, for another point, and before we can like start discussing, um, I thought this movie was edited brilliantly. It it moves when it needs to. I don't think I ever felt bored. And this movie is like a little over two hours, so which I think mm-hmm. is relatively long for something like this. But it, it for a it, kids movie like this, yeah, yeah, it it moves, man. It does, and it's uh, it it it's really nice to watch. It's it's very easy to watch. It's it's it is challenging you in some certain aspects. Granted, it could have gone a little further, but. 
I did really appreciate just the general pacing of this film. A clear middle, clear beginning, clear end, and the editing really helped uh, guide a lot of the performances too to something that I think is a, a really solid film. Um, gentlemen, please feel free, free to chime in on any of these points so we get this mm. discussion uh, kicking off. Yeah, I I think that the that scene in particular mm-hmm. between uh between Sherlock and Edith is like a very very good uh it's it's like it's a good character interaction uh that you could see in a movie far more serious than this movie mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and and i think that that plays into the overall thematics of mm-hmm. this uh you know of this uh this this film is that this film has really clear concise themes right Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it focuses on those themes a lot yeah um, in very like specific like it 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 doesn't introduce too many themes i I feel like everything uh god i'm doing bad with the english speaking (laughs) i i feel like it adds oh jesus Fucking no, God. don't worry, listener. I swear, English is all of our first languages. I, I promise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, We're no all struggling there. with it today. Quoi? Um, it's the, it's the election day. All right, yeah, that's what it is, guys. Really stressed. Right. We're recording this on the day of the election, so I, we're, our minds may be somewhere else. There's a lot of nail biting going on. Right. Okay, <laughs> just focusing. Like, you want us to do in. what? Review a fucking movie? Oh my God. Oh god. Yeah, I the the thematics are really good and I feel like it sets up its themes early and then just continues to interact with the same themes over and over and over again in different ways. Uh mm. and I I think that that is a really good trait for a film to have and one that you don't always see in like kids movies. Children's stuff? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, they, they so, were sly about it too. This just like slyly like getting that message in there. I was like, all right. Well, and yeah. that's the thing is like there there are several of those messages that I think other properties not geared towards children, like uh, quote unquote other more mature properties handle much more ham-fistedly mm-hmm. than, oh, than yeah. uh, Enola Holmes does. I I think I think the themes of Enola Holmes uh, might be it's might be this project's strongest feature. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I absolutely agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I will say, well, we'll get into the bad, too. I'll, I'll just, I'll leave it at that. But yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. For the most um, part, they do a really good job. Yeah. That. I agree. I um I would like to add on to that, pivoting into my own goods. Um, I, I feel that the acting, by and large, in this movie is good. I, mm, I yeah. feel that Millie Bobby yeah. Brown brings a lot Ooh, of I, energy. And that's where you and I are going to disagree, but yeah. Oh, I think she does a fantastic job. I think, mm. she, I think she does a really good job of conveying this character um, and... And I, I think she carries the movie. I think she carries the movie. Uh, I, I'm not always a fan of the like camera for you know the fourth wall breaks. And right. I, and I'm yeah. still not sure at the end of this how I feel about them. However, I yeah. do think that she has a um, a certain energy and playfulness about her. Um, and also. Um, 
it's it's interesting because she is so strong and confident in her kind of youthful precociousness. And then there are a couple times where it's like she interacts with the real adults, quote unquote. And and there is this sudden dynamic shift where you realize that like she is a young woman in Victorian England and like she is powerless, even though she has been carrying this dynamic this whole time. And you kind of feel like she can do anything she sets her mind to the moment that like a and not even not even like a man right it's like her her brother Mycroft who is her you know like becomes her uh what's the opposite of a ward um he 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 kind of gained she becomes his ward and uh and the school marm um Who's played brilliantly by I can't remember her name, but she's uh, she's the woman who plays Aunt Petunia. Is it Claire Rush book? I uh, no, it's oh, Fiona yeah. Shaw. Fiona Shaw. Thank you. Yeah, um, she's she's really good. I mistook the character names. Yeah, yeah no, she's really she was she was in True Blood. Uh, Season. Oh, she's very, very, very good. Yeah, um, and and I I think seeing those interactions with her were really I I feel like she did a good job of bringing that along. I also really liked Henry Cavill in this. I think he I think he surprisingly really like he's not a bad actor, but he's really good. No, but like after seeing him I, I, in Superman stuff for so long, seeing him as Sherlock, I was like, oh man, you're bringing some stuff here. Like he's so. Have you tried the Witcher yet? I haven't yet. I have yet to watch The Witcher. I, I knew that he was good. Uh, episode one of The Witcher. I was like, ah, oh, man. Bro, I solid. did not. I did not come in thinking I was going to like this here Witcher show because of you, Mr. Cavill, but I'll be damned if you aren't fucking Geralt of Rivia to a T. Motherfucker can <laughs> act, man. I've been on... I honestly think one of his best performances was Man of Steel. I honestly thought it was... A I think he does great in Man of Steel. I think yeah. it's Snyder's sort of... Uh, because I, I don't think that it's a bad movie at all, but like there's just a Snyder vibe to a lot of Snyder, stuff. Snyder is the death of quality, all right? Oh, I, you know, I, Ben's, I, I, Ben's I, going to cap for Man of Steel hard, I and I'm, I, I wouldn't, I, think I wouldn't fight brilliant. him on that because I, I do. It's not a perfect movie, but I think I do agree, Ben, that sometimes it feels like it gets a little bit of unfair. He got in his own way a lot of the times. It could have. We could talk about this later, uh, and maybe yeah. Maybe one day we'll like have a discussion where we just talk about underrated movies. Maybe that's coming down the line. I don't or know. I'm just thinking movies. that's something. Yeah, uh, about we it. can have that discussion. But uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Henry Cavill right. can act. I, 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 I've known this. I never was, and the fact that he's like a buff, <laughs> like well, yeah, he's a, he's totally a buff Sherlock. But he it, doesn't like it works. He doesn't come off as like a jock. No, he's Sherlock. not he's, he's not still, like swole Sherlock. He's just yeah. like But you could tell that costumed him, costumed tell him very well. Like, yeah. He got some meat on him. So that's yeah. like yes, but it he works. He still got like a barrel chest that's like right. I could fucking bench press a, a fucking horse cart. <laughs> well, come on which over here. actually kind of makes sense for uh Sherlock Holmes because he's supposed to be this person who's like a world class pugilist and a mm-hmm. brilliant mm. fencer and a fighter and all these things um so i I so he is relatively fit yeah um Mm -hmm. and i i feel that he does a a really good job with that i kind of i actually really like almost everyone in this movie um Mm -hmm. i think there are a couple weak links however i feel that for the most part by and large i think the acting is really solid um i really like mycroft i think he's such a prick and yeah he's really easy to dislike um he was great he just has that punch he has a punchable face yeah um, (laughs) 
I and I, I just I think that there's uh, quite a bit of good um, good acting going on, and mm-hmm. I agree the editing is solid. I think the the music is really like is nice punchy. Man, there's something about I don't know what it is, but Sherlock Holmes always produces music that I am like here for. Always like the it's show. Like, I don't get the, it. Like, like yeah. Sherlock and fucking the Guy Ritchie movies it's and this, all of them. Yeah, I'm just like. <laughs> I'm just fucking here. It's for that it. weird, like energy of the harpsichord. That's like, yeah, it's like fucking like very. Yeah, it always feels like a romp. Yeah. to a degree. Yeah, even as it's like kind of there's some yeah there's something very frenetic in uh in them and I just mm-hmm. I really enjoy that and uh, yeah I just I I think the other thing is that I think this movie is very charming. Um, yes, I I came in really expecting to hate this movie because I I don't tend towards kids movies and when she first started talking and it begins with the most hated of things which is her talking about her life since she was a baby which I sure I um so that, that was a that was a you know okay yeah where are we going I know. I'm with you with I that was like, I, w- I, I was with you I was I was uh, haunted yes. by visions of the kissing booth in that moment right soon um, she did I was like oh and, and but I very quickly kind of forgave that and just I just enjoyed it um and, it and yeah you know there were good and the action is good too um mm. there are a lot of really enjoyable action sequences in this that are well not the most innovative um they're clear and there's something about like watching a young girl in a Victorian dress just like wail on a dude and like do jujitsu on him where you're like yeah I can fuck with this this is that's fucking raw yeah it's fucking good um and they do a really good job I just think the thing for me about this movie is that it does such a good job of planting things and then paying them off Mm -hmm. everything is there for a reason everything is there for a reason nothing is wasted yeah and and everything builds to its logical conclusion which can be surprising um in a really like solid way um so yeah that's my those are my my additional goods um i'm gonna open it up to discussion and ian you can also feel free to dive on into yours i mean i think that there's gonna be a lot of intersection here where we absolutely with what we appreciate about this film this film uh, i i agree thematically fucking rocks this film's pacing fucking rocks there's a lot of heart in this film uh uh I will side with Matt on this one. Millie Bobby Brown, I was like skeptical about because I, I, I am lukewarm on Stranger Things. I like season one a lot. Uh, logical side of Ian's brain bedamned. Uh, and then like, you know, like I, cause I have qualms with like how the military operates so conveniently to the children's uh, advantage in stranger things, but right. that's okay. We're not here doing that right now. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Enola Holmes. Ian can stay on track. <laughs> Ian, Really appreciated Millie Bobby Brown in this because I had not seen her since she was 11 in season two of Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. And uh, while I liked her there, it was really, really cool to see the growth. She, because uh, uh, again, Henry Cavill is uh, no small performer in his own right. Uh, I love, love Burn Gorman. I'm so glad that he's getting some work somewhere. Uh, 
Uh, for people who are not familiar with that name, he is like one of the scientists in Pacific Rim, and he plays oh, Linthorn in Enola Holmes. He is a he is a, a, a character you are introduced to in the first act. I won't say too much more than that, but performances across the board were great and Millie Bobby Brown performing opposite these adults who are incredibly accomplished I I was very impressed and very very pleased uh and and just like glowing and like you go girl fuck yeah like fucking take on this industry uh I think this film does representation really well uh there was a there was a, a part for me uh actually kind of near the jujitsu part where I was like because uh, I, I was having fun with the film right from the get-go. Uh, well, uh, about two minutes in from the get-go. Yeah, there, was that, right. there was that initial like, oh man, we're doing the monologue to the camera mm-hmm. thing. Okay. Um, and then there was like this little piece of Ian's brain that like Ian needed to sit with and unpack for a second that was like, oh, this is like kind of a, is this going to be like a Mary Sue type story? And I was like, hey, you know what? That's not a fucking problem right now because there are so many fucking films for young that that like feature like a young boy turning into like an adult man mm-hmm. who like just has the tools necessary to save the fucking world so like it like once i like sat there for a second i was like wait why is that thought creeping in and i like sat there and i unpacked like the problems from which that stemmed from i was like no like of course and then this film even subverts that because she does like have to work at one at at, at a few things but specifically it was the jujitsu thing that made me go like She's super fucking smart. She's super fucking did it. And I was like, oh, yeah. But of course, that's also just like every fucking young adult action film for men for the past like 30, yeah. 40 years. So who I gives know. a fuck? The term Mary Sue um, is just sexist in general. I well, I, yeah, I, I it's actually, a gross term. I want to talk about this. Sure. Once yeah. we get into the bads. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I have a thought about the intersection of Mary Sue's and Sherlock Holmes. Mm. Hell yeah. I'm here for it. I can't wait to hear it. Uh, I'm going to try to just like condense everything else that I like about this film. Yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry about so it. that I don't like just fucking Jackson Pollock my love all over your fucking ears, dear listener. <laughs> um, that is a very gross image if you think about what that <laughs> right. could be a euphemism so, for. Oh, God. And I'm, I knew it as soon as I said it, too. But the words in my brain. It's election said. day, y'all. Uh, right. <laughs> oh, um. All the performances, uh, Sousa, Susan Wakoma, like that was when I knew that I actually really, really loved uh, Enola Holmes. Was Ben that scene you bring up between her and Cavill, where she's like, she's like, listen, like it, th- this film has a political slant that I think is uh, not something you see a lot of in young adult films. Uh, uh, and not that it like leans too heavily into the specificity mm-hmm. of of the politics at work here. Like they are sort of broad strokes, so that way they can focus on the mystery and like the 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 wonderful story and mystique they're weaving there. But uh, this film, I, I really appreciated how it seemed geared. It's definitely geared towards young folks, but then also towards getting young folks invested politically societally just getting invested in their communities and in like the the framework of everything and that scene in particular really for me uh showed me that they were like you know thematically trying to say something they weren't just making a fun children's romp they're like we're trying to teach the kids here and that's fucking awesome i i there are parallels not in uh 
story per se, but I think in uh, execution and lack of sugarcoating between uh, this film and my favorite childhood film, uh, which many people who know me will know is The Iron Giant, mm-hmm. uh, wherein it doesn't try to sugarcoat some very difficult themes surrounded around government corruption, surrounded around uh, grief and loss. And this film in particular does not like sugarcoat danger it doesn't sugarcoat the 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 stakes for people who uh are either main characters or ancillary characters you know like there is no like there's a there's a little bit of coddling but that's expected in any child's film i think but like it's so much less in this film uh and often i want to come back to the danger too oftentimes i feel like fiction for young adults the danger feels muted it Mm -hmm. feels uh, a little dulled for obvious reasons but in this particular film i was like oh shit like no they we're gonna have like a minute long drowning scene also also like there's a surprising amount of violence that feels violent in this movie Mm -hmm. um there's like the drowning sequence there's like some there's one particular head hit toward the latter half where i was just oh yeah damn like god you just killed a guy didn't you yeah and like sure you know it it's it's smoothed through but then it's not smoothed through and you're like fuck like it's really surprise um, and I will also say on the on the topic of themes, um, there's something I think that this movie does a significantly good job making its themes crucial and also not mm. dumbing them down. Because I feel like a lot, yes. I feel like a lot of young adult action adventure movies, they're always like, there's this the government, it's big and it's evil, and it does this ridiculous fucking thing that. Does doesn't actually make any sense if you think about it. I'm looking at you, Hunger Games. And <laughs> then, you know, and then this one person rises up and joins mm-hmm. the revolution and then becomes the leader of the revolution and then is the most important person, even though they came from very humble beginnings. And mm-hmm. somehow they have all of these skills that are very, very good, even though applicable all of a sudden, all yeah. of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And they can do all these things that don't fucking matter. And I just like I, I feel like there's so many of those stories that suck and I feel like this actually says something with its time mm-hmm. and uh, and also like does it well and also doesn't do it super ham-fistedly, right. which is mm. like also cool because it also doesn't like beat you over the head with its themes. Like th- its themes are integral. They're not just the moral standing of the filmmakers that they're putting in there because we have to take a stand. It's like, right. this is integral to the story. They told the story in which these things are integral. And like, that's how you fucking do it if you want to mm-hmm. do it well. And I'm all about it. I'm all, I'm, I'm, I'm here just for all it. the yeah. fuck about it. Yeah. yeah. God, yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, I could, I could keep going on about what I like. There are, this is far from a perfect film. Uh, yes. But I, Whew, I was I was very surprised. I put it on and like by minute five, I was like, "Oh man, this has style. It's got yeah, uh, it's yeah. fun, it's, man. Yeah, it's, this it's is a, this is one of Netflix's movie. better original films. Absolutely, yeah. like hands 100%. down. I'm hard pressed to think of something that Netflix has put out. Like maybe The Ritual, you know. But like in right, terms yeah. of having a movie that's also geared toward this demographic, 
Yeah. You know, I think it's... This one does it. It's refreshing to see something that actually does a good job and yeah. tells a compelling maybe, story. Maybe Claws. Uh, Claws was pretty good. The, uh, the I, still haven't seen, I still haven't seen Claws. It's, it's solid and beautiful to look at. Yeah, so they're, they're making head, headway, but... Uh, yeah, still got a long way to go, but this is a Absolutely. good step forward, I think, for yeah. sure. I will say uh, mm-hmm. something fun real quick. Because uh, oh, yeah. I, too, picked up on the... the uh, what, what read to me as the breaking the fourth wall type thing. Like, at first I was like, okay. Um, but it read very Fleabag. Mm. Yes, it did. Absolutely. And then upon uh, just doing a cursory look of uh, director Harry Bradbeer's filmography, he directed half of the episodes of Fleabag. So well, there oh. you go. Like of course, of course, he's got that punchy fucking style with like the killer soundtrack to like smooth transitions and yeah, this is very artful. I I, oh. I also think it's a good way. I, I, even though I didn't like it initially, I think it's a good way. One of the biggest problems when you're dealing with Sherlock Holmes is how do you get inside the head of mm. someone who is like a genius, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to the point Definitely. where like they're godly. Um, and while Enola is not Sherlock. She is of the same, she's cut from the same cloth, both, I mean, genetically, Mm -hmm. she's his teen sister, but also she is a Sherlock in her own right. She is smart. She is cunning. She thinks things through. She figures stuff out. And I think it's it's not the way I would have chosen, but I think it is an effective way to give the insights into the person, you know, without doing the like meme thing where the person's got all the like numbers, the math things like floating right, around their head, right. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say this, it, it can be really tricky to do in a movie, but I think that sort of framing works really well for adaptations of novels, which this is. I don't think it works. Like, I don't think that's universal. I don't think you could do that for every adaptation and have it work. Mm-hmm. But I think that is, it fits a little bit better in those yeah. situations. It's Does that make jarring, sense? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still not Absolutely. 100% on it, but yeah, I do we'll think that. The bad it, ab- yeah. Yeah. Shall we, um, yeah, Shall we transition go. into the into yeah. the bads? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's time. Yeah. Nothing's perfect. Um, I can start us off if go for y'all it. would please, like. Please, please. Um, okay. Again, I didn't super duper like the opening. I'm willing to forgive it. Um, I just think it's so unnecessary. Un- unless you're doing something different with it, starting off in that way, it's it's the equivalent of beginning a an essay with since the dawn of civilization it's it's rote pat garbage um Mm -hmm. and i was willing to forgive it because the rest of the movie was not so garbagey but it definitely it took me a little bit to to wipe the grumps away uh and get into it i also i i kind of feel like if there's one loose thread um it's okay i didn't really like the the guy who played tewksbury um oh I yeah, thought he was okay. I thought, but I he, thought was he was okay. Fun. I just think he was kind of bland and didn't really. Yeah, I agree. I wanted him to bring a little bit more. I also felt, personally speaking, that their sort of affections for each other felt 
forced mm-hmm. um, and kind of felt like, well, this is a thing you're supposed to do because, like, you are a, you know, like, because it's a teen movie and teens need to have romance and, you know, right. she can't be, like, a strong, independent woman and not mm. have a guy. And they, like, almost subvert it, but not really, you know? Mm. They don't actually subvert it. They they kind of wind up playing into that. Um, and he's fine. I think he did an okay job. I just think, I don't think his acting was necessarily bad. I just think the character is super fucking bland. Um, sure. Like, and that's, you know, that's kind of how, that's kind of where I land on that. Um, now, to the subject of Mary Sue's. Mm, yes. Um, so the thing is that... So the whole idea of a Mary Sue, right, is that you have this main character who is, like, perfect in every way. And so the only way to beat them is to create someone who usually winds up being some sort of femme fatale love interest who Mm -hmm. is somehow better than the best. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that Sherlock Holmes, I mean, let's be real. Sherlock Holmes is the real Mary Sue. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. He is a, he has like ridiculous, I mean, he is the smartest person on earth. He's the best pugilist. He's the best. I mean, it's like his flaw is like sort of interpersonal skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in order to beat him, uh, in order to create someone who can rival him and best him, you must make that person be over the top. Um, and so like, you know, because I felt for a long time as you did, Ian, and I did similar unpackings where I was like, she's to- she's like definitely a Mary Sue. And then I was like, well, hang on. It's not the fault of this character that she needs to be so much cleverer and betterer than Sherlock Holmes in order to like beat him and toward yeah to even have the story work to a degree yeah, yeah. um well and, and like that that's why I sat there with that thought for a, a, a little under a minute and then I like dismissed it really quickly after looking at it because I, I did think about that I was like no Sherlock is literally a Mary fucking Sue mm-hmm. and yeah. I've accepted that at face value for about a hundred and something years so why the fuck mm-hmm. shouldn't i just like yeah and you're, you've been around for a hundred years, years? yeah uh, i just let the cat out of the bag right. Holy shit. He's a vampire. <laughs> they're on the way i gotta He's go i gotta go they found me <laughs> oh man that's why i can never see him when we zoom in right yeah <laughs> oh man um, oh i just woke up doug he's looking around like dad are you okay <laughs> what right. happened who, who hurt you Right. Um, Did they find out you're over 100 years old? <laughs> so I, I agree that like her, I, I do think that it's sort of preposterous that she is as good at all those things as she is. Um, but that isn't even the flaw of that character. It's the fact that in order to beat a character who is so absurdly perfect, you have to make your character more than them. Um, right. Agreed. So I, I don't, you know, I've, I've kind of, I've shifted around on that. Um, <sighs> well, and the part, part of the reason why I was so quickly able to dismiss it was just sort of like, y- you know, the precedence. Like, you know, like we, we've had this sort of character for young boys for literally the, the uh, like what, like 30, 40 years of cinema? Mm-hmm. Now, so like, who the fuck cares? Like, if we start making, yeah, 
I these mean, the films is- with young girls and women because like honestly <sighs> like I, I don't think that that's a great excuse but I think that just for representation's sake like yeah, I, but, I but we have to we have to do better it's not just like that's sh- fair you know that's the thing is I, I take I actually kind of take a little bit of, of issue with that because we because it, it implies that and I'm not saying you're implying this I will say to me what picture that paints I don't want to make it sure. seem like yeah what picture that paints is that like girls are so like bereft of qualities that like the best they could hope for is the shittiest iterations of boys mm. and like mm. we can do way better than that you know mm-hmm. and like there's a lot there are a lot of like good strong female characters you know already and i i just i feel that like yes representation is good it is important but i and i i've said this before and i will keep championing this because this is the the rock on which i will die it's not good enough just to have representation it's yeah. not good enough to tick a fucking box yeah that's you know? true you got to you got to like make the spaces for the good stories and you have to like you know open it up and and to say that like just because there've been all these shitty boy characters that have that that then it's good it's like well why not strive for the the character who's actually dynamic and complex why my clarification i would like to make is that go please just because we've had a ton of uh male mary sues doesn't necessarily make them shitty characters. Like, plenty of these characters have been in good movies. I'm just saying that it was accepted at face value that, like, they were as good as they were because it was like, oh, yeah, they're a man. I can go with this. And so, like... Sure, whereas whereas for a woman to have those i i do yeah, i do because this is yes. an instance of like mm-hmm. a, a super op character who is in a good film like i enjoyed this story and i enjoyed this film and so like when i when that critique like crept into my head i was like i'm willing to give this a little bit more of a pass than like mm-hmm. something else because it's still a good film at its core and there have been tons of like male mary sues that like just you know like still ended up being in good movies sure yeah, and and i true, do true. i do agree it, like every sherlock holmes character um, yeah and and i i do agree with that i just think i think it's important for us to note that just because we like, should still be striving we should to always be striving yes, and and you know it's like who are we three boys to yes. relegate also yeah and, right. and and say like oh yes well you know like the best the best that we could do is to to give them the the crappy mary sue character it's like you know um i i just wanted to like put that out there because i think it's i think it's important um absolutely i but right i do on. i do think that if there's any mary sue in this it's sherlock Holmes. i mean it has to mm-hmm. be um, uh, yeah um, yeah agreed 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 yeah ben i i want to I want to hear your bads because you, you uh, sure? Ian and I, I think fall very similarly and I know you don't. So I want to know where you're at. All right. All right. So uh, here we go. Uh, by the way, I, I, I got to preface this by saying I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Cool. Um, but I'm Good. a little a little more critical, I think, than maybe you guys might be. And that's completely fine. And that's why we do this. Uh, I do not like Millie Bobby Brown in this. Um, I, I don't think her performance is that strong. Uh, well, no, let, let me amend that. She's a good actor, bar none. I think she's miscast. Mm. Um, I have a couple of people that I've pulled up that I think would have been great. Um, Daphne Keene, she was in Logan. She, I think, would have been better. She's also a young British actor. Um, R. Macy Williams, I think 
they just have that. Uh, and yes, you know, she is well off and their family is well off. So, but I think that they would have bought, brought some uh, of the gravitas and the, and, and the roughness around the edges and more of the confidence. I don't know if I ever bought the confidence there as you guys did. There were some moments where just like in the eyes that just kind of seemed blank to me. Um, I don't know. That's just me. Um, I think I, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to disagree pretty hardcore on that one. I, that's fine. I, I really don't. I didn't, I, you know, there are moments where I'm just like, mm, I don't know if I'm buying it. I just, I'm just going to be completely honest. Mm. There are great moments though. And she, you know, especially when they have an argument, she has an argument with Mycroft um, towards the beginning of the film and how, you know, he's like, I am your ward. You need to get married, blah, 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 blah. You're going to do what the fuck I say. And uh, after she gets slapped by one of the, um, the, the um, her, her mentor or teacher or whatever. Um, that was a really good moment, but by and large, I, I didn't, I didn't feel, um, that she was cast well, and that's just my personal opinion. Um, mm -hmm. secondly, I, you know, um, as much as I love, um, Susan Wakoma's performance and I love her character, um, there's a bit of black person serving white people just so mm. they, the plot can be advanced there. Mm. Um, I am here to service you and what you need, as opposed to learning about what this character needs or having her in a more prominent role, uh, as, as just to serve as, um, we got that diversity box checked off. Mm. Um, and that was sometimes that's kind of how I felt about this sometimes. Like, yeah, they do a great job of, of inclusion or at least a decent job of inclusion. They try, but a lot of those characters just kind of seemed like, uh, checking a box of affirmative action. And I'm like... I need I need these people to be a little bit more engaged and involved in a big bigger part of the story, um, as in just to serve um, their white masters. Um, and after that, I would say, um, let's see, there was another bad that I had in here. Um, oh yeah, uh, I love the themes. I love where they are. I wish there were more show don't tell, just a tad bit more. Um, there was a moment where um, I think it's like the first five, ten minutes where uh, I think Sherlock is reading the paper and is like, oh, feminism, uh, feminist. Uh, yeah, gross. Oh, it's Mycroft, uh, not Sherlock. Mycroft. Um, yeah. And it's like, oh, the bill's talking about da 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 da. And I'm like, yeah, I feel like there are other ways to convey his conservativeness um, than just completely just calling it out. Especially in that, that set, I think. Feminism and feminist being a word that has been used like that really wasn't used all that often. There would have been, um, uh, I think there are other words. Well, they, yeah, right. they were suffragettes. Suffragettes. I would have preferred that because then it kind of mm. like, oh, okay. Um, it just, some parts, not all, because I think the movie does a pretty good job of this. But some parts felt like this is marketable. Feminism is marketable. And I need this to be here. As opposed to just like, you know, especially when she's like, you know, I don't need a man um, to do this. Mom told me about that. That's cool. I would have liked a lot more showing and not telling of that. So uh, I would like to say, because actually you got me doing research about this, Ben. I was curious. Mm -hmm. The term feminist first appeared in a French newspaper in 1837 
and had migrated to the Great Britons in the 1890s. So that's that fine. Actually, I, don't, that I just don't think exactly it was a common term that. being used, though. Yeah. Uh, I, I know it was used, but the, the, the term itself, in and of itself, I don't think was thrown around uh, like it is today. I just no, don't. No, however, I, Mycroft, I feel like would, because he's a government worker, I feel like he would, I don't think it's out of place for him to use that. Okay. Um, I, I, I think it's, and that's, I mean, that's just a, that's like a, a small thing. I do kind of to the broader point that you're trying to make. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree and disagree. Um, okay. Because I, I. <sighs> Because I, I do think that show is better than tell. And so to that end, I totally agree with you. Um, the one thing about the 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 marketable theme thing that just I, I sort of disagree with is the fact that it is so central to the plot that um, there is because normally when someone puts in a marketable theme, when some executive is like, I need this, it's usually this thing that's like kind of tacked on shit. And you're like, mm -hmm. sure, I guess that too. Like, sure. yeah, I mean, you haven't earned any of that, but fuck it. Why not? Whereas this is like way more integral to the story and like to the arc. I do think that ultimately there's a little bit of there's too much tell, but I'm not sure I fully agree with you in that it's just a cynical cash grab. I Okay, first of all, uh, I never said that the movie, it's in and of itself is a cynical cash grab. I said there are moments that feel that way. Um, I And also the movie does a very solid job of not overplaying its hand on that. But if I have to be honest, um, and also watching this with my wife, uh, and trying to get some bounce some ideas off of her and see where she was. Um, yeah, I do feel like there are moments where you're like, okay, I, you know, I, I know she is bright, she's intelligent, she has to keep fighting. I get that, and that is great dialogue and great choices for, for, on her part um, and on the writing's part. But there are moments where I'm like, that you don't have to overhand that that moment specifically. I can tell you um, just a lot of the dialogue between her and her mother. Um, her mother is obviously a suffragette, a, a, a strong, prominent feminist. Um, and I feel like there are ways, perhaps, that she could have conveyed that strength to one another without having to, to put it right on the nose. Um, I, I agree. Mm. Um, and I also, I kind of feel, as much as I like Helena Bonham Carter as an actor, mm. I do kind of feel that the bits with the mother felt more like a, uh, like the bits, the, the flashbacks with her mother mm -hmm. do sort of feel like, and this is the theme, you mm. know? <laughs> like, it, it feels mm. very, like, declar declarative. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and also, to just add on one extra point, uh, I hate the fourth wall breaking in the narration i just i didn't i didn't I, I totally get that i i still yeah, don't yeah. know if i hate it or not but yeah i get it's just why like a lot of times when this, 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 the, the movie was just like clipping at such a, a great pace like i mentioned before and then that happened and i'm like oh man you could have just did it or like you could just do it uh that would be i don't know a lot more engaging to me personally but uh okay mm. for sure like 
we get where you are. You don't have to continue that with us right now. Just do it. Um, so yeah, those are my thoughts. Uh, it may seem harsh and highly critical, but I, you know, I just I like this movie so much that uh, you know these these are the issues that I think if resolved, maybe in a sequel or whatnot, could make for it even you know a damn near perfect movie. But right now, for where it stands, because of these issues, it's just really solid. So um, that's those are the issues. Uh, I open up to the floor. I, I hear silence. So. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure uh, you guys disagree uh, heavily, and I, I look forward to engaging in that discourse. So, um, anything else that you guys? I've been I've been talking a lot. E, why don't you? Yeah. Uh... I don't necessarily disagree with most of what's been said. I, I do think that there is a so one of my uh, actual negative critiques of this, and part of why I actually liked the character of Tewksbury, um, something that I didn't necessarily appreciate was how I felt like there was this setup uh, wherein uh, Enola's mother teaches her how to like be a badass and defy like uh, all of the stereotypes that Victorian England uh, or Elizabeth back then like said a woman should be, you know, mm-hmm. like to uh, subvert and turn every idea of femininity on its head. I love that, but I felt like there was a setup with, uh, so dear listener, in the first act of this, literally the crux of the start of this movie is that uh, Mother Holmes has disappeared and she's left this weird little sort of puzzle for Enola to figure out to try to find her mother. And the puzzle, specifically the way uh, it's framed, learn the language of flowers, uh, uh, or, or it's something ac- uh, akin to that. Uh, flowers back then were typically seen as a very feminine type thing. So I, 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 I thought that there was this setup happening of like, great, I've taught you how to buck against everything society needs to tell you about femininity. Mm-hmm. And now to solve your case, you're going to have to learn just a little bit that like, femininity isn't inherently bad. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I thought there was a little bit of setup there that didn't happen. And I think it is part of what made those uh, heavy-handed moments happen. Because I don't think that this is a perfectly tactful film in how it deals with its themes. Mm. I do think that it goes farther with its themes and believes more in its themes than most of its ilk. Absolutely. Um I also had picked up on Edith's character as like, ah, here we go. Here is the person of color that is like the wise mentor mysticist type Mm -hmm. uh, archetype. And I wasn't crazy about that. I also wasn't crazy about uh, Lestrade being portrayed by... a Nigerian Indian uh, actor, or excuse me, I think he's a Pakistani Kenyan actor, mm-hmm. um, because Lestrade is a bumbling fool, and yeah. I'm just not crazy about like because Lestrade plays not a uh, no small part. He is he is a part of the film, but I agree that uh, Ben, you made an excellently salient point that it didn't necessarily sit right with me at the time, and I'm glad you brought it up here. Uh, yeah, like the people of color in this film are present, but uh, typically have no wants or needs outside of what serves the story. Mm-hmm. That's not great. I wish that we had done better mm-hmm. uh, casting for Enola Holmes. Um, I also think some of the action, as much as I appreciated how the danger and the stakes never felt softened, uh, was choppy at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a particular instance that comes to mind is uh, there is an explosion that happens. It's one of the more uh, grand set pieces in this film. And there, there was just a, a little bit of a wonky cut between uh, the spark that set it all off, not to not to pun, not to intend upon, but the spark of the explosion and the actual uh, full robust uh, peak 
of the explosion. There was there was a, a, a cut or some footage missing between the two. Um, and then further to that point, uh, I'm not even going to touch on that because that's just a whole other thing. That's I, I don't even know how to unpack that. Uh, I, I don't think this is a perfect film. I had an immense amount of fun watching it. Um, but yeah, I, I do agree with a lot of what's been said. You know, uh, it was a little heavy-handed uh, in its themes at times. Um, I didn't necessarily dislike anyone. I did. This is a, so there's one quote unquote action scene wherein I was disappointed and was like, ah, the budget for this is very limited. I can tell. Um, There was one point that the danger felt dumbed down and it's a scene Mm. with a double barrel shotgun in a hallway. And that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Just because like it's a long scene and I'm like, all right, I know guns weren't super accurate back then, but like, but like um <laughs> i feel you i feel you <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I, I know exactly what you're talking about right um so i, I like this isn't a perfect film but I, I guess i was ready to forgive some of its sins particularly its heavy-handed themes uh because it, it just does so much better that so much of its uh its peers get wrong um i i I feel like there's some other uh, critique that I have that I'm just blanking on, so I apologize if I like circle back in a minute or so. But uh, that 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 is for the most part my piece on this uh, on on what on what Enola Holmes gets wrong because it's not perfect uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But I appreciate what it gets right. Mm-hmm. Yes, agree. Yeah. I, I think I agree with that. Um, I think also it's, it's really hard for me to watch anything with Helena Bonham Carter now after all the stupid shit her husband's said. So. I know. Yeah, actually, that was really I had a moment about that too. Yeah, but you know, uh, keep in mind she is not her husband. That's yeah, like, true. Don't don't don't, Completely true. don't blame a woman for the sins of her husband. That's 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 very, that's very solid. But at the same time, you like you have to agree with him on certain things, right? Yeah, like, I'm curious how that conversation for a while. goes, like how they unpacked. It's a commonality, but again, I think you, this is a salient point, though. Don't blame. She's a completely different person. We don't know how she she actually feels. Could have led to their divorce. They're divorced, right? I think they're they not are. together anymore. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. Yeah, they've been Forgive divorced me. for a while, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. I am such a fool. That was part of where my misgivings had come from. I was like, <gasps> like. We know what this man's about now, and you haven't made a statement about it, but like, okay. Like, yeah. She's not even connected to doing me. Good move. Good move, yeah. HBC. Uh, Matt, have you gone? Uh, yeah, I was first for the bads. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. It's, it's, it's election. It's election, y'all. Oh, God, <laughs> I know. I don't um, know what's up or what's down or what's right or what's left. Uh, all right, well, I guess that leads us to uh, the reboot. If you're all done, Ian, I don't mean to cut you short. No, no, not at okay. all. Uh, yeah, I think, again, that's that's all that's in my mind at the moment. I may circle back and tack like a little cool. donkey tail on, but cool. that was it. Word. Yeah, um, awesome. Yeah. Um, so reboot. So Let's start. Here we go. Let's get down and dirty reboot. in this sandbox. Yeah. Oh, and uh. th- is this when we both like? We this all is all like of us together? like just okay. talking it through. Come th- yeah, right we're gonna crowdsource a, a reboot just because I felt like every time we did it, we so many times were like, "I'm gonna keep doing what you're doing." Right. And, yeah. And then, and then I was it. like, "Well, then why don't we just all build right. it together?" So we're in the writers room right now. Yeah. We we, we got a deadline. Uh, the executive producers like, "Look, we need you to crank out this fucking reboot. Like, I need you guys to stay up all night for the for this whole week, like cranking out the coffee." So we're hyped up. We're, uh, uh, we're on caffeine, and <clears throat> if this were the '80s, cocaine. So what do we got? <laughs> 
Uh, I've got to do this. Our careers are on the line. Yeah. I think I would remove the fourth wall breaks. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I would still have a sort of internal narrative because I think it's important to the... uh, I don't know, man. It's just like at this point, we can't have a Sherlock Holmes-style thing without having an internal narrative. And one thing you could do with that that could be really fun is if both she and Sherlock had internal narratives Mm. and you got to see how theirs differed. That's cool. You know? Mm. Do something where... Because like I was almost hoping for Sherlock to like address the camera at one point because that would have been, been fun, so right? Cool. Because yeah. then you're okay, like, then can oh, we, you're can both, we make you them? Know? Can we make them both fourth wall break then? Because I think that is like a fun. I actually, thing I think that, that makes it film. better. I think having right. both her and Sher- because then it's like the trait of the genius. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, uh, I'll say this: like maybe not have her like phone narrate just a wink and a nod every once in a while just like you see how crazy this shit is like they don't you know are a tilt of the head i think that works really just like well, yeah even to- like a little flick of the eyes Right, yeah, yeah, just like you can make yeah. you can make it more subtle. You know, if you yes. set it up, if you set up the expectations that that's going to happen, mm-hmm. and then you you can have her do that every now and then, just like with small things, and then when something is important and needs to be explained, you can have her go back into it. But I do also think that having Sherlock do that as well would yes. be so that's unexpected good, cool. and so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I also, so I, I have one little bit that I, I, this Oh, is... I forgot my other bad. I'm so sorry. Okay. Go back to your bad. Those prop newspapers. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> like, do I need to tea stain them for you? It takes 20 minutes. They look like they came right out of the FedEx printer. Can I tell what you something, you... Ian? That's it. They I'm wouldn't done. be tea stained if they were new. I they know. new papers. But like... But like, yeah, yeah, but like, they literally look like FedEx papers. Like, they look like, like the, the I don't know quality I of paper. I, I didn't, was dying. I didn't take, a, I did not take issue with those. I thought that those looked probably par for the course. Um, really, I'm not a a professional print historian, so that's a good point. Uh, I I'm not right particularly up on things. However, they did like I didn't view those as anything out of the ordinary. You know. Um, um, because, like, keep in mind, this is Victorian era. The printing press was, like, well fucking established by this point. Like, the... They just all looked so clean to me. Mm. Like, way too, like, like... <sighs> I just, this is a really I, dumb bad to circle wonder, back to. I'm I wonder sorry. though if that's your like if that is if those are inaccurate or if our knowledge of things that are older has been skewed by the fact that we are always in, interacting with them in their aged state. Sure. Obviously, right. there always there would be a little bit of like ink smear and wobble. There's a term that I can't remember in terms of like the ink spread over paper that maybe could have been added there, but. But the overall, like, quality of the paper, that didn't ring any bells in my head. Um, mm. I will. I was actually about to add an additional bad, which is, as a reader of every published Sherlock Holmes book, I spent a lot of time indoors as a kid reading, um, I take slight issue with the portrayal of Mycroft. Uh, Anne was, had the same issues, like... Because Mycroft is smarter. Mycroft is smarter. Mycroft is the only person smarter than Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. The difference is he don't give a fuck. Right. And and the fact that they went so far as to include this bit where they were saying, 
oh, well, you know, he's not as smart as Sherlock. Surely that must rankle him a little bit. And you're like, but he's supposed to be smarter. It's just that he's apathetic and has a government position where he doesn't need to care, you know? And I feel like they could have done something along those lines. This is getting into the reboot, Um, circling it back around. If, Mm. for instance, you had two brothers with, like, who are both very, very smart but very apathetic because their lives are unaffected. And then you have Enola, Mm. who is just as smart as they are, but cares. I mean, that in and of itself is a dynamic that could be worth exploring more and goes into that theme, you know? And you could have a certain situation in which you have three paradigms set up where Enola is the protagonist and winds up affecting change. And... In no small part, she winds up affecting change in Sherlock. And maybe Sherlock starts closer to Mycroft. And then by the end, and which we kind of sort of saw, but you could push it a little bit further, Mm -hmm. you know, and have Sherlock wind up being more of a sympathetic character towards her in the way that he is. But like, I like that. I like, you know, Mm -hmm. push it a little bit more. So you have two people growing and changing as we go, you know? I like that. Yeah. Uh, I Oh, I got to circle around to a bat as well. God damn it. Look at us. <laughs> look at us. A bunch of jackasses. Look at us. God, we throw structure out the window and everything goes to the like, at all. <laughs> All right, I'll make it brief. I'll make it brief, and then uh, I'll get to my. Uh, I'll add on some more of the reboot. Uh, okay. Um, I think for the most part, it does a decent job. So this is kind of like a semi bad. Um, it does a decent job of uh, of being progressive, and whatnot. There's still a hint of classism there. Hmm. <laughs> They, I mean, they, they try to tackle it, but I think they could have gone a little bit further. There was a moment where one of the um, the maids goes up to Sherlock, and this line kind of always stuck with me when she's like, "Oh, you and and Anola just so smarter than I am," which is true. But it's like you guys, she just runs circles around me. She has that gift. I'm just fucking stupid, and so is everyone in my tax bracket. It just, it's just some elements of that that sometimes I was like, ah, uh, they could have worked on and tweaked just a little bit, but they sure. do address it. So it's not, it's that's why it's not a full bad. It's like a half bad. Just a little bit more of that, you know. I, and I also get the dynamic that she's well off and everything like that, but uh, maybe no, give her a watch like they poor have, and struggles or something like that. They could have gone that, out of the way to make sure that. Yeah. We knew the as the audience that, you know, Enola's caretaker or wet nurse or whatever she was, like, isn't an idiot. It's just that they're that much smarter. I, I, I see I see where you... Yeah, no, I, I, I get that, but I don't... I feel like there's other ways to... Oh, no, no, that was me. Oh, yes, what you said. Yours was like, yeah, like... This is a problem that I like to refer to as Watsoning. Um, yeah. mm. This is a, a problem with Sherlock Holmes, again, and it's how do you depict someone who's the smartest person alive? Well, in many, many cases, uh, especially in the older things, not so much now in the the newer ones, but in like the Jeremy Brett, Sherlock Holmes and and Basil Rathbone, uh, the way they made Sherlock smart was by making Watson into a fucking idiot, you know? Mm -hmm. To the point where you're like, why do you have this guy with you? (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. Where like, you know, it's like Sherlock will be standing there and he sees a little bit of dirt on the, like you know, like on the thing and he looks and he sees this and sees this and then Watson's like, look, Sherlock, there's a door. And you're like, yeah, good job, bud. Have a cookie. Yeah, 
Good you job. You know, it's like you might you as well just it. have a fucking dog at that point. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Seriously. and so and and that is a, a problem that I feel that newer iterations of Sherlock Holmes have worked to address. Um, Martin Freeman's character in Sherlock is, while not as smart, he's definitely not stupid, and he's a good, he's, useful. he's a good doctor. And right. uh, and the same is true for Jude Law's character. There's, mm-hmm. you know, there's a little bit of. Uh, it's just, I, I feel that that is the trap of, like, how do you make someone the smartest person in the room? And unfortunately, too frequently, the answer is make everyone really fucking stupid. Mm, right. So I think that is definitely something to avoid. In, in, yeah, in I would reboot. actually go so far as to add to the reboot. I, um, and you guys could take it or leave it. I don't, you know. I would have liked a Watson as character. Um, I guess that's what her love interest that's is. That's kind of too scary, I think. But, yeah. like, I, you know, I feel like that I, t- someone who was of a different social class, someone right. who struggles, who is like, who, by who all isn't accounts, well just off. Yeah. poor and like can bring her down to like, yeah, I see what you're doing and I appreciate that you're a progressive and you're about this reform life, but at the same time, you got to understand. Like, we pull out here. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I need you to understand that the sh- these streets of London right now, this is how they operate. And I'm going to help you operate these streets and understand the common folk better than you might already. Yeah. Like you, can, you got the whole, that whole, you know, uh, aristocrat thing down but if you ever want to come down here and solve some fucking crimes i know the streets i know the back of my hand this is you know what i mean like and also i know the people and we're struggling so I'm, I'm glad you're able to fucking afford all this stuff and this money but like bruh you know what i mean just someone to kind of brings that that grittiness I, and realness to i you. agree and i think that there's something where they kind of set up for enola to like have all this knowledge but not know how the real world works and then like mm-hmm. she doesn't really like have any interactions in such a way that really proves that you know yeah. and it would be better if there was someone a girl who acted as her Watson you know in that way where it's like we have a you know like we we can have like a good because that again right because then you can talk about like the intersection between the 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 like feminist movement and classism and you can Mm. you know there's a lot of nuance that you could get into by the introduction of that character to the point where it could be something where like she's too well off to be able to figure out something because she doesn't have access to a certain knowledge that is, you know, commonplace for common folk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then she has to figure it out, you know, and they come together to figure it out. But still giving her the agency of, I'm the the lead here, but, you know, something like, hey, you're missing this key piece because you're so rich and up your own ass. Uh, it would just be nice. Someone who like had a witty repartee too, like jabs at her, but like in a playful, fun way, be like, oh yeah, you know, how Absolutely. much do you think an apple cost? <laughs> like stuff yeah. like that would have been really fun. I mean, my God, Michael, it's one banana. How much can it cost? Ten dollars? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I, uh, so y'all ready for this? Yes. Yeah, go ahead. I want to turn this into a a, a trio type thing. Uh, now okay. that you've introduced this Watson esque character, because I think that is spot on. There needs to be a little bit more intersectionality in the feminism that's at work here. Um, I want to keep Tewksbury, and okay. I want to keep Tewksbury because uh, not necessarily because uh, we need some sort of relationship to unfold between him and Enola, or even this other uh, character 
flash foil. I really like Tewksbury's purpose in this because again, like the flower, uh, that uh, the flower imagery and thematics that pervade this uh, this story, uh, typically a symbol of femininity back then. Uh, Enola sort of spurns flowers, whereas Tewksbury's like, oh no, that's like my whole fucking jam. Like, and I I really appreciated thematically what that character is supposed to do we're like yeah like you're bucking the the trends of femininity and i'm bucking the trends of masculinity like let me tell you mm. all about flowers and i really mm. liked the tewksbury character for that reason i did not like that the hairstylist who when he receives a haircut was like we got to appeal to the young kids give him a k-pop haircut like make why does he have a yeah. k-pop yeah. haircut i cut the k-pop haircut it is gone yeah I will oh not allow God. it. Oh, that's so oh, yeah. funny. Although we appreciate the K-pop stands and what they do to fight fascism abroad. Absolutely. Right, yes. And at Absolutely. home. And at home. Abroad but are we are we ready for K-pop hairstyles in Victoria? <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> no. I don't know. Right, yeah. Right. No. Man. But I want to keep Tewksbury in because I do like thematically this subversion of gender roles on both sides. And I would mm. like to tie that intersection in a little bit more, um, if possible, in any sort of way. I just that was something Man, I wanted he to. Really does have a K-pop hair. Sorry, I just no, no, like the, I just googled very... BTS and I was just like, "Yep." Mm-hmm. I knew it as soon as I had. I spent enough time on Twitter. I know what a K-pop mm. haircut looks like. I go to the <laughs> comment sections, <laughs> and uh, I yeah, I like as soon as she cut his hair, I was like, "Okay, cool, yeah," like you know, like. You're going to give him like a, a cropped gentleman's, oh my God, that is a K-pop haircut. Which like, is so hmm. funny because actually if you wanted someone to, well, I guess the short back and sides weren't quite in style yet because it wasn't until World, World War One. But like there are haircuts that existed in Victorian England that would have been more appropriate. Um, exactly. Yes. It wasn't necessarily that I was like, I can't have K-pop stuff here. It was much more like that sort of cynicism, Ben, that we had touched on earlier. Mm-hmm. Like I was like. Oh, like, of course, like, we're going to buck, like, actual history to fit in a K-pop haircut. Like, Mm -hmm. I'd much rather you buck history in other ways by having England be, I don't know, less white or something, you know? Right. Exactly. (laughs) Well, I mean, the thing is that actually England uh, at that point was not. Was relatively diverse. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. It's Um, just all those, all those historical period pieces or depictions or or whatever. I mean, they're so white and they should shouldn't be yeah you know yeah um they really shouldn't be there is so a, we're gonna let in the k-pop haircuts but no more than three people of color yeah i mean yeah. and Fuck i feel yeah, like right. that's exactly. a thing is that yeah like a not only do we need to like properly diversify but also as you said ben these characters can't just be like edith should have come back mm-hmm. absolutely there was also one thing that i found to be really weird is there is that kind of like plan the anarchists plan that was going on that mm. like I know had a setback because of uh, certain events in the story uh, but that was it, it just sort of evaporates yeah. yeah and it's like I wanted to see more like I wanted to see because like dude they set up the perfect like stakes heightener where it's like mm-hmm. yeah, oh, no. we gotta get this done before the anarchists like take the fuck over you know mm-hmm. and like kill people um, well and I think that there's something thematic very cool there that also fell by the wayside which is like pushing for progress is good 
pushing for progress at the expense of innocent lives is is less good. Is less yeah. good. Yeah. And right. and, and kind of looking yeah. at that intersection. Right. Is like, yeah. So I, I want I would Agreed. want that to come the fuck back. And they you know, a lot of sh- uh, movies like this too, they just always fall into that trap. And I'm like, there are ways to include people of color and black folks as supporting characters like this and still make them relevant and have a richness in their characterization. Mm. And you guys keep like, I love that you guys make bring her back, make her maybe even the de facto leader of the group. You know what I mean? I mean, without making her like seem like a bad person uh, or less like evil or anything. Um, well, like, no, like she's, she's like one, one of the people who, who helped, uh, right. Eudoria Holmes, mother Holmes understand like, Oh, there's something beyond me because exactly. I myself am privileged. Yeah. That would have been great when you open up the door and this a little spoiler uh, spoiler alert so skip past like, a minute or two uh, um so here we go when you when anola opens the door when she's younger and she sees that meeting taking place if you saw her at the head of the table mm. explaining or overheard some of the conversation you know or even another flashback where she's she is talking to Anola's mom and just like you look at this fucking house that you're in like Mm -hmm. I need you to either be with us or like bounce you know what I mean like get it to fucking gather because we are out here suffering moments like that would have been great uh without taking too much time away from the thing she just overheard conversations like that it would have helped her to I think be more empathetic and and it also I mean having more of those moments in a like diegetic sense would mean Mm -hmm. that we could lean off of the Helena Bonham Carter like narration fight scene in the field yeah exactly yeah Yeah, that was so yeah you know in which she like matrix trains her and tells her what she needs to know in that way that's like you know uh dude how many times are we gonna see that scene in various movies i know (laughs) i know and you didn't need it because they already told us that she can fight like we we know she can fight What is this? This is redundant. That being said, anything else we'd like to add to this uh, reboot? Mm. Um, I would honestly, I don't always do this, but I just got to represent. I would love to see, maybe not in this movie. Um, of course, I would love more diversity in this movie and characters actually meaning having like important things, not just serving the whites. But I would like to see little side note a black sherlock holmes mm-hmm. i would love that and and a black watson just like how that feel and how would they interact with that and uh i think that'd be very interesting one, yeah. one of these days i'm sure the, his estate would have a problem with that even though it is uh <laughs> which we will talk about later oh, even though yeah. it is public domain which uh everybody uh there's gonna be right. a little secondary side thing yeah uh like a hidden track there's yeah there's, there's gonna be a little <laughs> bonus bonus content uh right. that involves us talking about the legal case uh, that involves this movie and the Conan Doyle estate. So yeah, stick around after the uh, the housekeeping notes. Uh, I'll I'll tag that at the end there as like a bonus content. So um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Anything else, gentlemen? I'm good. Shall we go on yeah. to the the rating of it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, all right. I want to kick it off to Ian. Ian, what you give this movie, baby? Oh. Uh, Friends, I'm I'm I think I'm gonna put this squarely on on the list for me. It's on the list for me. Uh, you know, I think it does better uh what a lot of family films fall short in. It's not perfect, but it's it's way more engaging than just something for the background. Uh it is for me squarely on the list. Right on, mm. right on. Matt, what you got? I am gonna agree with Ian. I think it's on the list. Um I think if you have 
kids probably going to be bumped up to a must watch but i fucking don't so i'm gonna yeah for yeah. youngins this is a this is a slam dunk yeah but Absolutely. for yeah. for uh for millennials who enjoy the occasional youthful movie i would say it's on the list what about you right ben on. um i'm right there with you guys um i know my criticism was that's pretty heavy but like I only did it because I really enjoyed this movie. Like, as you know, sometimes it is great to dunk on a movie. Um, but you saw the but potential for growth in something. You I liked. saw the Absolutely. potential for growth mm-hmm. in this one. So this one was more of just like, oh man, I, if these tweaks here. Um, and you know what? I you know maybe circling back to the reboot just briefly. I, maybe I would keep Millie because I think she could still grow into it. And um, personally, for me and my taste, um, and she wasn't horrid. She wasn't bad, and she had a lot to do. I want to make that clear when I say that um, I thought she was miscast. But again, if I watch it again, maybe I miss some things. And, you know, um, I will say this too, uh, not to defend her acting at all, but just to further commend her. This is Mm -hmm. remarkable. She's an executive. uh, She's just a producer. Excuse me. But uh, oh, yeah, she's I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is one of the youngest producers in cinema history now. um, She's awesome. I mean, she's she's very awesome. I would have still probably preferred a Macy Williams, but that's just, I think that's just subjective. That's neither here nor there. Um, but yes, it's it's on the list for me, um, squarely on the list. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it. I can watch, and it's one of those movies that you could just watch over and over again, and I don't think you'll get bored. No, um, it's it's yeah. definitely like it's you know it's fun. It's a good time. The colors are nice. Yeah, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a very easy on the eyes, and yeah, on the heart. And transitions um, in this film are just really solid too. Like their mm-hmm. their choices on like okay, and now we're gonna do the cutesy sort of cutaway like like animated stuff, and like now we're back in the real world. It was they seamlessly. It's so solid. Yeah, I gotta shut up. Solid movie. Solid move all around, guys. All right. Well, with that being said, we're gonna we're gonna close her out. Um, I do have a movie that I think we should watch. It was recently released on HBO Max. Hmm. Um, if you gentlemen disagree, you can always let me know. Um, but I think I think we'll be in agreement on this. Uh, the witches? No. Yeah, we should do it. Yeah. Hell right. Yeah. So How dare you? I hate Anne Hathaway. <laughs> I agree, just. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, we'll do the witches. Uh, it's streaming on HBO uh, Max, and I. Hulu? No, 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 no. I just think it's HBO Max. I think um, it's just Max, yeah. Yeah, so we will review that and we'll get a. Uh, should be fun. I, I love this. Family member theme is family films. Um, so that should be great. All right, uh, that's it. That's a wrap. Uh, let's go ahead and sign off. Ian, why don't you tell the people who you are, uh, what you're doing, um, how to get in contact with you, and what is your favorite. 90s boy band song. Mm. Mm. Oh. 90s to early 2000s. Mm. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, fuck mm. me. Okay. Um. <laughs> hey, friends. My name is Ian Gabriel Gonzalez Mutner. You can find me on Facebook as Ian Mutner. You can find me on Instagram as SockNinja888. Or you can find me on Twitter as SirYikesalot at BabyGotKnack. And oh, I'm an actor in Chicago. I'm doing fucking photography, film editing. <laughs> Hit me up, email me if you really want to. Uh, my favorite 90s, early thousands boy band song. Hold on, I got something for this. One sec. Oh, God, there was such a good song on this. I'm finding the track list. Give me just a sec. While he's looking it up, big question. Ooh. Backstreet Boys or NSYNC? Well, I think uh, my my answer might might illuminate a little bit. Um, Backstreet Boys or NSYNC? Uh, 
So I'm going to say this. Overall, uh-huh. discography-wise or like singles-wise, maybe in sync. My yeah. favorite song of the... Uh, this is so hard. This is actually I harder know. than I wanted it to be. Um, <laughs> I am going to stick with it just because I it's like ingrained in my mind of like I got I got this CD uh for like one of those white elephant uh games that we played in it was either first or second grade. Uh y'all brought a present and you swapped presents. It was something like that. Uh I got uh Millennium by the Backstreet Boys as a CD and uh Show me the meaning of being lonely. I don't know why, but I still remember like so much of that fucking song. Yo, that's one of my and, favorites like, too, low key. Yeah, it's a fucking I love that bop. shit. Uh, it's so good. Yeah, but then Guilty like if you for forced sure. me to be like, okay, but like overall, who are you going with? Like I would have to like err on the side of InSync because like right. it's going to be me as such a fucking bop. Oh, man. Yeah. It's going to be me. Oh, what can <laughs> fucking bye 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 too. Like, bye bye. Yeah, yeah it's all good. so dirty. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's that's me. I will uh, say though that Backstreet Boys as an ensemble were fucking tight. In Sync was yes. nothing without Justin Timberlake. Mm, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like, that is true. JT was in Sync, whereas the Backstreet Boys were like a tight. Like they were simpatico. Actually, a group. Yeah. yeah Sorry, Amanda. Group. Joey Fatone. Love him, but yeah, there wasn't like a leader. <laughs> the, of the, yeah. I, absolutely there's very ensemble good ensemble work yeah um yeah 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 for sure all right uh bean who are you mm-hmm. what do you do what are the can the people find you and uh what was your favorite saturday morning cartoon of the 90s or early thousands oh shit my man mm. all right here we go dude that's oh you threw me for a loop because that's tough I, I will go to i will give two for one is that okay totally totally okay all right um Hey Ben, Ben. Yeah, this is our show. We can make all oh, the yeah, fucking do rules. <laughs> don't don't tell us no. That. That's a secret. That's a secret. Don't <laughs> don't divulge information. Don't let don't them know. That. Don't let them know. Don't tell them. All right. Hi, my name is Ben Jenkins. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Benjamin to be the Jenkins. You could find me on Twitter at BT Jenkins ninety one. You could find me on Instagram at Benfolio ninety one. Um, and you could look up my website if you want uh, at Benjamin Jenkins dot com have some goodies there my portfolio and whatnot um and my favorite saturday morning cartoon dude there's a lot of great saturday morning cartoons man it's tough uh, right that's a tough one i will go with what's in my brain right now um in, in my brain saturday morning straight up cartoons i will say i thoroughly enjoyed Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm-hmm. um the four kids adaptation which is looking back at it now is just awful i would love to watch that <laughs> series um like do a retrospect without, look. Yeah, with all yeah, without all the uh, edits and um, maybe even in the uh, with subtitles with the Japanese. I feel like it probably is mm. a little better. It's still a wonky show, but uh, and then it, another one, Pepper Ann was my shit. Mm. I love me some Pepper Ann. Mm. Uh, it's a great show, um, and I just love the music for it too. That was one of my like. I was like, if Pepper's Pepper Ann's on, bro, I'm watching it. I'm what hijinks she's gonna get into. <laughs> pepper ran, pepper ran, but you go for seventh grade. <laughs> like, fuck yeah. Um, all right, Matt. Those are good. Um, tell the people who you are, what you're doing, how to get in contact with you, and what is your favorite song from your least favorite genre? Mm, 
Interesting. Okay. Uh, my name is Matt Frost. You can find me on Facebook as Matt Frost. You can find me on Instagram as Spider and B, like the tattoos on my arm. You can find me on Twitter as mfrostcreative. And uh, yeah, my email address is mfrostcreative at gmail.com. My website is mattfrost.media. I am a writer and uh, audio editor. I do the podcast here. We're going to be rolling out another podcast soon that I am very, Oof. very stoked about. We'll have an announcement about that in the near, near future. Um, and yeah, my favorite song from my least favorite genre. Okay. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. My least favorite genre, I think, is going to be country. Okay. Mm. Uh, because kids bop isn't a genre. It is satanic chanting, and I yeah. I can't fucking <laughs> go there. Um, Agreed. My favorite song. I I don't know a lot. I don't listen to a lot of like modern country, so I can't really mm-hmm. talk about that. However, like older stuff, like Johnny Cash, mm-hmm. I I can fuck with. Um, right on. Yeah, I mean like fucking uh, yeah. Ring of Fire is always good. Um, right Boy named Sue, I think, is one of my favorites. Uh, mm. Fun fact. Lyrics for that mm. were written by Shel Silverstein. Oh, wow. Um... Yeah, I think I'll say sort of out of that. My favorite Johnny Cash song of all time is definitely his cover of Hurt. That mm, shit. Yes. That's a really is good one. Powerful. It's chilling. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I would say like most things by Johnny Cash. You know, Folsom Prison Blues. Any of those. I'm like I I yeah. can I can handle those. Any of the newer country stuff makes my ears nice. actively bleed. Agreed. I do love myself some Dolly Parton. Jolene is just. Oh, Dolly so. Parton is yeah. Dolly mm. Parton's an angel. And maybe. Be uh, uh, was it Kenny Kenny Rogers? Pretty, he has some pretty good stuff. Yeah, I just like the oh. early earlier country where it's closer to folk. I can deal with. Yeah, I fuck. You with know that, the yeah. stuff now where it's just like got a dog and a truck and I drive it through town and a. America military love Trump. Yeah, that's great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> with that being said y'all uh we're gonna wrap it up remember next week we're doing the witches um and hey take care of yourself this week it's a lot of stuff going down you probably won't know the results of the election hopefully you voted hopefully if you had um well by the time this comes out you can't vote uh it's it's too late so hopefully so you voted vote hopefully in we the did past go now right yeah so it's just like it's too late. Uh, so uh, hopefully, when you see, when you're hearing this, we know who the winner is, and hopefully, it's the right person. Because mm. I don't know if we could do another four years. So with that being said, I know you're like Ben. I don't know. I'm really freaking out right now. I'm drinking myself into a coma. Please have some water. Take some water. Drink yeah, it. Take some water, please. Hydrate eat. Back. Make sure that your your belly is full. Uh, make sure you are hydrated. Um, make sure you take care of your mental health again, but also when you come back from doing that, make sure that you have on your armor, uh, of justice to make sure that this shit doesn't happen again. All right. We, it's on all of us to make sure that this does not happen again. If it, if it goes the way that we hope, knock on wood, that it goes to not let this fucking happen again and make sure we push whomever is in the White House to work for us because the government works for us. We do not work for the government. Uh, Mm -hmm. And 
with that being said, I know you're like, Ben, you're telling me all this shit. You've been saying this for months and months and months now. I get it. I get it. I just want to relax right now. I, I don't want to have time for all this. And you want me to watch Anola Holmes? I mean, yeah, it's 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 on Netflix. And we all have Netflix. Either we paid for it or we're borrowing it from someone else. You need something. It's, it's, I, uh, I don't know what to do. What can I do? Should I watch it? Should I not? Yeah, we're telling you that it's probably pretty good. But if you don't want to watch it, it's okay. That's our jobs. Because we're too many flicks and we watch all the flicks. So that you don't have to. Mm. Bonus content time, everybody. (laughs) Okay, so in doing the research uh, for Enola Holmes, I stumbled across uh, a couple different articles talking about the fact that there was a lawsuit out against Enola Holmes, the movie, Mm. um, and the author of the books the author of the screenplay, the director, and Netflix by the Conan Doyle Foundation. Uh, Sorry, not the foundation, the estate. Um, And I read a couple of articles, and they were very editorially and uh, with good reason, because we're going to get into the nitty-gritty on what the fuck is going on with this. However, I wanted to read this for myself. Um, so I did, it was only 19 pages. Thank fucking God. Um, because, oh my God, but I want to read some of this to y'all. And then I want to talk about this because this shit is fucking wild to me. Here we go. Let's see. This is the complaint for injunction and damages. Uh, this was put forward in the United States district court for the district of New Mexico. Introduction. One, this action for copyright infringement arises from defendants' unauthorized copying of original creative expression by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, parentheses Conan Doyle, in copyrighted Sherlock Holmes stories. Two, between 1929 and 1927, Conan Doyle wrote his last ten original stories about Sherlock Holmes, collected in the 1927 book The Casebook of Sherlock Holmes. The Copyright Act provides a term of protection for each story of 95 years from publication, resulting in the copyright terms for the stories ending between December 31st, 2018 and December 31st, 2020. <clears throat> For those of the stories whose copyright terms have ended, this action is brought within the three-year limitations period for infringement. These stories are collectively referred to herein as the copyrighted stories. Now, all this so far is very clear. There's a copyright claim out against them. This This is standard language. This is where shit gets wild, y'all. Mm-hmm. Three, Conan Doyle created Sherlock Holmes and Dr. John Watson in his 1887 novella, A Study in Scarlet, and the world is free to use and adapt the characters as Conan Doyle created and developed them in his public domain, Sherlock Holmes stories. But in his 10 last stories, Conan Doyle did not merely copy and reuse his existing Holmes and Watson characters. After he wrote the stories now in the public domain and before writing the copyrighted stories, World War I occurred. Conan Doyle lost his brother and his son in the Great War. When Conan Doyle returned to writing Sherlock Holmes stories after the war, he created significant new character traits for Holmes and Watson in the copyrighted stories. These new characteristics have been licensed for use in every major new Sherlock Holmes story and are a substantial part of the characters known to moviegoers and television watchers around the world. 
Four, Mm. the defendants engaged in discussion to license these creative elements, but refused to do anything other than credit Conan Doyle, apparently taking the position these original story elements uh, by one of the world's most creative authors can be infringed simply because copyrights are in their last years. Okay. So there's a little bit more that I want to go into, but I just want to pause and explain to anyone who might not be as comfy in legalese. What's happening here is that the majority of the Conan Doyle works are in the public domain. There are only 10 that aren't. So they're not claiming that the usage of Sherlock Holmes in in the book series and the movie is an infringement on, on, on the public domain Sherlock Holmes. They're implying that the fact that Sherlock Holmes had character growth is somehow copyrightable. So I think we also need to contextualize uh, what you told us about off mic, which uh, for those of you who don't read uh, or haven't read a lot of the Sherlock Holmes stories, I didn't know this. Uh, his pre-World War One escapades, he's generally more of a, a standoffish prick and like asshole. I, I actually, I have a quote yeah. that is quoted in the papers uh, that oh, I, can, I can read. <clears throat> this is under the general allegations section. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll read the preface and then go into it. 18. While Sherlock Holmes is famous for his great powers of observation and logic, he is almost as famous for being aloof and unemotional. In one public domain story, Watson describes him as follows, quote, During my long and intimate acquaintance with Mr. Sherlock Holmes, I have never heard him refer to his relations, and hardly ever to his early life. This reticence upon his part had increased the somewhat inhuman effect with which he, uh, which he produced on, upon me, until sometimes I found myself regarding him as an isolated phenomenon, a brain without a heart, as deficient in human sympathy as he was preeminent in intelligence. His aversion to women and his disinclination to form new friendships were both typical of his unemotional character, dot, dot, dot. That is from the Greek interpreter. So basically what they're essentially saying is that uh, they are and not to not to simplify it too much, but to simplify it for people who are uh, tuning in to listen. They're essentially saying that because Sherlock Holmes wasn't a complete dill hole in Enola Holmes, because he is a little more warm and because we get a little bit more of his familial backstory, this iteration of him technically falls, or this portrayal or type of portrayal of him technically falls in material that is still trademarked? Am I getting that right? Yeah, basically. Um, in the wow. definition of the uh, further in with the Enola Holmes mysteries, let's see here. Yes. So, uh, 28. In addition to using the public domain Holmes and Watson characters, the novels, these are the Enola Holmes mystery uh, series, copy Conan Doyle's original editions in the copyrighted stories. Among other copied elements, the Springer novels make extensive infringing use of Conan Doyle's transformation of Holmes from cold and critical to warm, respectful, and kind in his relationships. 29. Springer places Enola Holmes at the center of the novels and has Holmes initially treat her coolly, then change to respond to her with warmth and kindness so yeah basically they're suing them because sherlock holmes has feelings in enola holmes (laughs) that's ridiculous it is honestly one of the most bizarre uh case files i have ever read through not that i've read through a ton but 
This right. is fascinating. Uh, 34. Nowhere in the public domain uh, stories does Holmes express such emotion about the well-being of his companion, John Watson. This is referring to uh, a bit in the books where Watson has been kidnapped and Sherlock Holmes is uh, freaking the fuck out, basically. Um, mm. Let's see. His companion, John Watson. This friendship was not created by Springer in the Enola Holmes mysteries. It was created in the copyrighted stories and copied by Springer. So, and and the, the, the Netflix thing is basically just that it's derivative of these books. So the beef they have mm. is with the Springer novels, um, but I, I am curious. So this was, this was put forward in, okay, so this was filed, oh geez, June uh, 23rd of this year. Hmm. There are... So this is recent, yeah. Let's see here. Um, there are six Enola Holmes books, starting from 2006, hmm. the last one in 2010. So my question yeah. is, why now? Because there's a movie out, mm-hmm. yeah. and movies mean money, yeah. right? Yep, that's movies why. mean money. Yeah. yeah, so it's not a great look. It's not a great look. No, and the not. thing is, I want, I I want to give some amount of benefit of the doubt because I I don't want to uh, sit up here and point and laugh and say what a bunch of malarkey. Sure, you know. Um, rather. I, I think one thing that I think is interesting, and I think probably what spurred this on, is the fact that they were in talks. They discussed it. There was there was some amount of legal back and forth for the licensing. And mm. then they decided not to. And then they decided mm. just to credit him. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting to me, too, then, because it, it implies to me that the folks who were producing this project were well aware that this was, uh, let's say, at the very least, uh, the traditional way of going about dealing with any of uh, Sherlock Holmes or, or Sir Arthur Conan Doyle properties. The fact that they were even in talks in the first place tells me that like someone recognized, oh, we're going to make a movie about Sherlock Holmes where he's not a complete dill hole. Uh, we do need to talk to the estate. So now I, now, uh, still not a great look on their part, but like now Netflix is looking a little shady well, to me and too. And this is the thing that I'm, I'm yeah. a little bit intrigued by for lack of a better word. Mm. You know, I, I think we can all agree, right? That mm-hmm. if a character is in public domain, you can do with them what you want. That's the nature of public domain. Once something is in the public domain, you can use it, reuse it, remix it, remake it in any way you see fit without having to uh, worry about copyright infringement. Sure, yeah. So why then is it that these character traits... Also, I want to point out to everyone, having I've read all the Sherlock Holmes stories, the final ten are not the ones you think of. Like, mm. it's not the Hound of the Baskervilles. It's not the Sign of Four or the Valley of Fear. It's not the ones that people think of when they think of Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, I like, honestly, I only remember like one of them. So that that is neither here nor there in terms of copyright. <laughs> but I, I just, I think it's so, it's so, it's so fucking fascinating to me. That basically, so in in reading further, I think what probably happened was 
the Conan Doyle estate found out that these were being made. I'm not sure if it's the books or like when this first started. I haven't dug as deep as I could. Mm. And then probably contacted them and said, hey, you're making a thing. Found the nature of the works and was like, hey, I I want some some money off of this. <laughs> you know, my question is, is this because it's a movie? Like, was mm. there any case brought about prior to this, prior to the making of this movie? Now, the fact that every other Sherlock Holmes adaptation up to this point has decided to license the material is a precedent, right? Mm -hmm. That's sort of what I'm saying is that, like, the fact that Netflix was... The fact that every other film iteration of Sherlock has apparently done this, and the fact that Netflix was already talking with these folks, like, they understood... Right, right. As you said, the precedent that was there... And then they basically just said, fuck it. Yeah, no, fuck you. Right. But, I mean, also, you can't copyright character growth. No, you can't. That's that, that's really where that's I, I, like... That's dumb. Come on. It's free domain. Like, come on, guys. Well, and it's especially like, yeah. because it would be one thing, right, if it were... So when they're citing in the books his relationship with Watson and how that only happened after the war. Okay, sure. Mm -hmm. But when citing things like... Because there's other language in here that kind of just says, like, Sherlock Holmes didn't respect women. So what, every Sherlock Holmes needs to be a misogynist for the next know, 10 years geez. if you don't want to pay the Conan That's... estate? Literally oh my god sense. that's fucking yeah okay so he doesn't respect women great <laughs> yeah and like that his respecting of women only happens later and is mm. uh, a, a, a copyrighted trait i guess well now i'm swinging back over to the netflix i, I know i know like yeah. this is why i wanted like, to talk about this talk yourself <laughs> Yeah, this is why I wanted to talk about this, because it's like, it's so, yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it definitely seems like some sort of cash thing. Uh, I think someone had mentioned off record that, like, maybe there's a little bit of, like, respect that... Uh, Didn't get felt paid. Like it was due, yeah, like, mm -hmm. um, but you know what? Like, there's no way their estate could be hurting that bad like I, unless like you know like the conan doyle estate has been incredibly frivolous with their stuff but i doubt it uh so like why even like who the fuck cares like i know just like leave it the fuck alone yeah and maybe that is part of why they're being so obstinate about it is they recognize they only have like x amount more years of monetization well because i think it's mm. up in 2022 Wow. If I read that correctly. Wow. So wow. yeah, this is like a last ditch sort of like... Effort, yeah, on their part for sure. Because how many uh, Sherlock Holmes adaptations are going to get made <laughs> in the next two years, you know? like Right. Yeah. I just think it's... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was worth, worth fucking talking about. And I'm it's sure they don't need the money again. Like you said, the, literally, it's called the estate. <laughs> right. Like, you guys are okay. Well, and like, I believe there is, I, I might be wrong on this, I think there's only one surviving member. She is a dame. Get the fuck, no, okay. Now, just no. because you're a dame doesn't mean you're not broke. I, <laughs> I know, I know, but like, I'm sure that they're, she is okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no. I'm. I'll side with Netflix. I'll take a hard stance on that. Yeah. Um. Fuck that. <laughs> that's bullshit. That's absolute bullshit. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty out there to me. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's like so someone like 
it's like, ugh, I don't, I don't. That's you can't even fathom. Your brain's trying to be like, let me draw up I an analogy. Yeah. No, you just I fucking can't even. buck wild. I can't. Yeah. Oh man. Well, that's fun. What a fun little. I know, right? Just, just a real like, kind of a not quite a head scratcher, but just kind of like a fucking huh. So yeah. yeah, I mean that's the thing is that the character is in the public domain at this point. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't copyright character growth. Yeah. And and if I mean the the whole thing is that if there if this person you know if if like if this person if you're allowed to adapt anything that's in the public domain in any way you see fit, then that's true. Yeah. Now. I feel like I might need to do a little bit more research into public public domain law in order to truly understand maybe, this. Maybe you know, maybe there's some angle that we don't quite understand about all of this. But at the same time, you didn't necessarily see like uh, the Austin estate going after the person who did Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. You know, like it, that's true. It, yeah, I'm sure that like there's a little more grace period with the actual copyright on that material but uh uh you know like i guess my point being like fan fiction's a fucking thing so like i feel like it's easily defensible in court for the writer of enola holmes to be like uh no like this is just my sherlock holmes fan fiction go fuck yourself yeah (laughs) right yeah this i don't know who's advising this the state but uh this is a losing battle i'm pretty sure i think you're right i think Mm -hmm. you're right i think it's a losing battle and um yeah i mean it's like the thing is that we want sherlock holmes to grow we want him to not be a misogynist like Mm -hmm. yeah you know it's a low bar. It's a real low fucking bar to hit. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny, actually. It kind of coincides with the, the themes of the movie anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right, in a really yeah, weird absolutely. Way. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. All right, well, with that being said, uh, thanks for tuning in. Yeah. Glad you uh, you listened. Yeah, this is yeah. Uh, this Do you awesome have any thoughts on this year's lawsuit, dear listener? Uh, yeah. Do you think, who, who, do, who would you side with in this instance? And do you think that it's uh, possible to trademark certain aspects of a character? Uh, let us know. Reach out to us on any of the social media platforms on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, if you search too many flicks with a number two at the beginning and an X at the end. I don't know how else we wanted to sign out, but I did. That's perfect. Bye! (laughs) Hey, friends. Thank you so much for tuning in again to another installment of Stream Theory. We really hope you are enjoying these. We really love making them for you. We know that we have changed up the segments and structure of the episodes a little bit. We would be so curious to hear your feedback also maybe we haven't covered something that we should cover or we just haven't talked about something or you disagree with some of our opinions in these stream theories whatever the case however you want to reach out and interact with us you can do so on our social media pages we're on twitter facebook and instagram as too many flicks with a number two at the beginning and an x at the end you can also find us at our gmail account which is too many at gmail.com we are also working on revamping the patreon getting a bunch of cool new fun ideas and merch and rewards up there for the people who do help us out over there a huge shout out to you all you're fantastic especially natalie cole who has been there since nearly day one All of you mean the world to us, and thank you for your support there. But we recognize that these are crazy times, so not everyone can support financially. Doing something like commenting or liking or subscribing 
on whatever platform you're tuning in on means its weight in gold to small podcasts like us. And finally, we know that it is an absolute madhouse out there, and there are so many more important things that require your attention at this time. We just hope that we can provide you with a little reprieve, a little solace from the madness that has become our world, because it certainly functions as that for us, and we're happy to share that. We just want to finish by saying, it's crazy out there, we understand. Please wear your masks, please wash your hands, Black Lives Matter, and stay safe. We love you.